brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cause we got no. How can we stop it when you're having none? So just remember this. The kids are back. The kids are back. Ladies and gentlemen, lock the doors, put the children to bed, and throw away the remote, because this is the Chargers Brawl Podcast. Jake Efner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the Brawl Network. Dan, it's a quick turnaround for you and I this week. It is Raider Week. Chargers at Raiders, Thursday night football, knock on wood if you're with me. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. <laughs> That's emphatic knocking. Just Was that knocking? I am with you. Um, Jake, right. honestly, for how crappy this season has been, damn, does it feel good to have Raiders week. And for us to potentially be able to knock the Raiders out of the playoffs. Oh, Dan. Hey. God, I knew this was going to happen. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But there is something at stake this week. And boy, would it be bittersweet to watch Derek Carr go out in flames because of Justin Herbert and these Chargers. Given all the mess that has happened this year, that'd be a little bittersweet, wouldn't it? You know, this is like... I'm trying to find the right comparison for my feelings right now. (laughs) Am I too much for you today? Am I too optimistic? By the end of this show, I will have the right analogy. But let me just summarize it in saying, you know what, Dan? I had such high hopes for you. You looked like you were showing such promise just last week prior to this Atlanta game. I thought that I had finally gotten you to see the proverbial light after what had happened during the New England fiasco. Mm. And now that we get a win in a very ugly fashion (laughs) over a team that seriously just wanted to lose the game more than us. Now here is Dan Wolkenstein here with you on a Tuesday, December 15th saying, man, it would be so good to knock the Raiders out of the playoffs and get another win. Wouldn't it? Have, have you learned nothing, Dan? I'm not saying it would happen, Jake. I am just simply asking you. Fast forward to Thursday night. Chargers win a nail-biter. Are you feeling good or bad? I'm feeling nervous. 
Mm, okay, fair enough. But you know you're feeling a little bit good knowing that you just dug it to the Raiders. Don't lie. You know that would feel good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you must not be a Chargers fan. We win the first divisional game in a year and a half, Jake. And that means what at this point of the season? Oh, see, you're already going to draft mode. Yes, I get it. You're harsh in my mellow. It means you have worse draft pick. I get it. But damn it, I will never turn down a victory against the Raiders, ever. If it means going from number five to number 10 in the draft order, don't care. I'll take the Raiders. Oh, damn. Give it to me. Give it to me. Anyways, Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I was doing fine 30 seconds ago. Past tense. You were 30 seconds fine. ago. I was doing just fine. And now I'm in a mood, which is perfect for what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, let me ask you this question. I mean, you're very emphatic. Like you said, you would sacrifice the draft capital in order to get a, get a victory over the Raiders and knock them out of the playoffs. And, you know, hey, I have no love lost toward the Raiders. It's a big divisional game. It's rivalry. But let me uh, just put you, on the, Johnny, on the spot. Out of the 31 teams in the NFL, are the Raiders your most hated team for you? Yes. Uh, no, the Patriots. Well, the there we go. Close second. Fair enough. Do you have any particular stories? Um, well, other than the last year and a half, we've never beat them. Uh -huh. um, and given the fact that, you know, you hear a lot of Raiders fans talking all kinds of smack about the Chargers not being good, but little do you hear that the Raiders haven't won a division in like 20 years, but I digress. Um, no, any anyone who is a Chargers fan has a little bit of a disdain for Raiders and loves Raiders week. And Jake, it's Raiders week. We're coming off a victory. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I'm a little bit more hyped than I was last week going against the Falcons. I think every Chargers fan is, except maybe Dan from Ontario, who is pissed off. Oh, man. <laughs> but hey, um, look, would I like to see the Chargers win? Absolutely. Is there a blessing in disguise if we lose? Certainly. We get to see, you know, draft orders get a little bit better. But look, it's a juicy matchup. The Chargers on paper drink. Uh, yep. have a pretty good chance to win this game, if not for <laughs> special teams, coaching adjustments, clock management, penalties. Go on, on. go on. Uh, yep, I can go, go on, on for days. <laughs> go on, go on. So, look, I mean, I guess here's the thing, Jake. We're going to get into our offense versus their defense and their offense versus our defense and bold predictions and all that jazz. But honestly... Would you be surprised if the Chargers won this game? No, I wouldn't be surprised given the way that the first matchup this year ended. I mean, literally, it was taken right out of the Chargers' hands. But there were so many mistakes in that final sequence of the game, and this is where the callouts started happening for Anthony Lynn about how this game was just insanely botched in so many different ways. So do I think it's not possible for the Chargers to get a victory against the team that they should have beaten them the first time? Absolutely not. No, I don't. Okay, Jake, I have one question for you before we go into the break and then we get back to all of the breakdowns. I said this on Twitter earlier today. Actually, no, sorry, it was on Twitter. I said this to you, and I knew that we would be talking about it on this show. Jake. If you had the choice between going 3 and 0 or 0 and 3 meaning we beat the Raiders, <laughs> the Broncos and the Chiefs three straight weeks or we lose out which team are you on? 0 and 3, 3 and 0. Man, Dan I want to make a statement here about what Dan Wolkenstein is attempting to, to do to me right now. Uh -oh. He is trying, not only is he trying to just Johnny on the spot me, but he is going to make me look like the biggest cynic, the biggest pessimist 
as far as Chargers fans go out there. And I want that on record. <laughs> it's not false. <laughs> I want that on record. What Dan Wolkenstein is, is attempting to uh, the corner that he is backing me in on right now. Hey, own that. Own it. I just did. So your answer is? I think my I think my comments about the corner I was being backed into <laughs> prof- professes what side of the coin I'm on. Uh, I don't need to say anything else from there. Fine. For the record, I want to see these charges go three and zero. I would love nothing more than to blow the doors off of the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. Screw the I, number four pick. Screw the number I, five pick. I I I, I exercise my Fifth Amendment privilege. <laughs> This is America. That is your right. Thank you. You're welcome. So, should we talk about the game, or should we just call it a day? (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a deep breath. Let's take a break. And as Dan said, let's preview this matchup. Second time around for 2020, Chargers versus the Raiders. Offensive and defensive matchups coming up next on the Chargers Ball Podcast. More stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how Hey, Brawl listeners, are you struggling to find the perfect little stocking stuffer? Head over to manscaped.com, use promo code BRAWL, that's manscaped.com, you'll save yourself 20% and you get free shipping, use promo code BRAWL, grab the new lawnmower 3.0, believe me, you can thank me later, but do not head into the holidays like a matted up Sasquatch, get lawnmower 3.0, spend a few bucks on maintaining the Christmas cookies, and get yourself ready to slide down the chimney. With their speedy shipping, you've still got time, but you need to head over now to manscaped.com, use promo code BRAWL, save yourself 20%, and get free shipping. That's manscaped.com. I know that Jesus died for us. Welcome back to the Chargers Brawl Podcast. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the Brawl Network. It is Raider Week once again. And before we get into previewing the offensive and defensive matchups, we always like to look at the injury report. And this is a short week, of course. So it's on a much more constricted timetable as far as who could be playing, who not could be playing. And if I could describe this injury report in one word, uh, for those of you who still have, you know, the white pages laying around somewhere in your closet, open that up and look at it. That's that's virtually what this injury report looks like is a page of the white pages. It never ends. No, it's damn long for both teams. So fine print. Fine print. I'm going to try and get through this as detail-oriented, but as quickly as possible. So let me start with the Las Vegas Raiders. These are the players that did not participate today. Jonathan Abram with a concussion and also a knee injury. Uh, Damon Arnett, concussion and a neck injury. Cleland Farrell with a shoulder. Brian Edwards. Those players did not participate on a, oh, excuse me, and Nicholas Morrow with another concussion and neck injury. So a lot of concussions going around on the Raiders right now. Henry Ruggs is out due to the COVID, due to uh, testing positive for COVID. Yes, so he will not be participating on Thursday. And for limited participation uh, and practice for the last, actually, last last couple of days, Rodney Hudson, Maurice Hurst, Gabe Jackson, uh, Josh Jacobs, still coming back off of that ankle injury, Sam Young, one of their tackles, um, and that's it for limited participants. And then the full, much shorter, Nelson Aguilar has been full all week. Isaiah Johnson also full all week. Zay Jones and Trent Sieg have all been full participants. Had to even get their long snapper in there just to make sure that they were added as part of the injury report. So that is the latest for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, for the Chargers, it's a little bit of a different story. Thank God, at least this injury report today does not mirror what it was yesterday, because if you were looking at it yesterday, it sounded like a lot of doom and gloom, honestly. But who knows? Things could get worse before they get better before Thursday. So uh, Nasir Adderley, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, 
and Chenonuosu, Mike Williams, and Joey Bosa were all limited participation uh, participants in practice today. Those who did not end up participating, Brian Bulaga, uh, Chris Harris Jr. Dan, I know that you were you were you were scouring Twitter to see if someone could play nickel corner if if the worst <laughs> should happen this week. So we we may end up needing to cash in on that. Also, Denzel Perryman has not participated with his back injury. Cortez Broughton also has not been participating. Who are the people that have been practicing? Amazingly, here's your list. Cole Mazza, the long snapper, <clears throat> full participant. Tremaine Pope, Joe Reed, Trey Turner. How optimistic do we feel at this very moment? I'm ready for a victory, Jake. Let's get this W. So now that I can calm down uh, Dan's excessive optimism and his screaming, let's jump into the matchup. Let's start it off. At, per Dan's request, we're going to start off with the Raiders offense versus the Chargers defense. Dan, on the surface, what really jumps out to you about this matchup? And, of course, this was a tough contested matchup this first time around, but I have a feeling – uh, eventually when I, when I get around to talking about it, that this is going to be very different, but I leave it to you. What do you see coming into this week? I think we're going to see a healthy dose of Josh Jacobs. I think with Henry Ruggs out, I think we will probably see some random guy go for a buck 30 on us that we've never heard. Um, Derek Carr has had a very solid comeback year, um, compared to how he's been in past years. But again, it's not, Josh Jacobs is going to, he's going to do well against us. And unless our defense does something to change what we've done over the last 13 games, I mean, what is there to say? I think that the Raiders are going to impose their will when they want to. Uh, I don't see us beating them on defense, unfortunately. Now, this doesn't sound like the Dan Wolkenstein of 15 minutes ago. Where's that guy? Where did he go in such a short period of time? <laughs> the optimistic Dan, who is a lifelong Chargers fan, would love nothing more than to see us throttle the Raiders. I also would love to have a six-pack and do 35 pull-ups right now. Uh, it's not realistic. Until the Chargers can show me that they can beat an average team this year, I just can't expect it. As optimistic as I am, I'm hopeful. I would love to see us win, but that's not what I'm expecting. And I, you can't blame me. The, 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 the Did I hurt your feelings in the first, in the first yes. segment, Dan? I was do so you, excited. You went to break. Want, <laughs> do you want your realist card that you earned for a short period of time back? Do you, do you need me to give it back to you? No, but here, how about this, Jake? I'll give you some optimism. Jake, did you know... That the Chargers are no longer in sole possession of last place in blitz percentage in the NFL. What? The Chargers are no longer in last place in blitz percentage in the NFL. Because we are tied for the ah. last with our good buddy, the Bolo himself, Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. But Jake, the Raiders <laughs> are not far off. They are right up in 30th in defensive blitz percentage at 20.5. So I don't see us blitzing. I don't see Nchenuosu playing a bunch of snaps. Mm. I don't see Rochelle. I don't see Tillery actually getting home for a sack. So at least I haven't seen it. So let's let's let that happen before we predict that the defense steps up. So let's. Take a trip down memory lane real quick. And everybody remembers the end of this game. And that's what everybody wants to focus on. The touchdown that was for about 20 seconds and then wasn't. We thought Justin Herbert had completed a great comeback. Chargers were going to pull out a win 33 to 31. And all of a sudden it wasn't there. Because of a great defensive play by the Raiders in the end zone. Took it away. Game over. Now, 
how similar does this sound to a game that was just played a couple weeks ago? 13 of 23. 165 yards. Two touchdowns. Derek Carr beat the Chargers, completing 13 passes for 165 yards. <laughs> for a majority of the game, the Chargers actually kept him in check, the majority of the first half. And then the brakes came off or somebody tied an anchor to Casey Hayward because it was long bomb after long bomb. And here came these accumulation of this 165 yards for Derek Carr and two touchdowns later. But that wasn't that to me wasn't the biggest factor. Dan touched on it. And it wasn't even Josh Jacobs. Devontae Booker was actually their leading rusher in this game with with half the amount of carries that Joshua Jacobs had. Devontae Booker went off eight carries for 68 yards and a touchdown, averaged 8.5 yards a carry. Josh Jacobs backed that up with 14 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. This offense, while it may seem completely vanilla based off of these stats, was extremely balanced. And it knew where to attack the Chargers. Accumulation of what? Uh, around 130 yards rushing this team had. Again, if I'm every coach scheming against the Chargers, I'm going right for that defensive line and the extremely suspect running defense that they have had all year. That's the way that I'm going to attack it. And even with rugs out, you still have your receiving options with Hunter Renfro and Nelson Aguilar. And look out for Darren Waller because... This guy has been on a tear the last several weeks, so he could feast on the middle middle part of our defense on Thursday. And you know, Derek Carr has weapons, so you could so I could totally see a similar stat line that Derek Carr could put up against this defense. I could even foresee a better stat line that he could put up against this defense. Dan, you took the words right out of my mouth. You you basically stole my line. Until I see something different. Regardless of the win result, it sure doesn't sound like they're going to be playing in Chenonuosu any more snaps than 17. We'll see if that ends up changing on Thursday and somebody can understand how that makes any type of sense. You cross your fingers that we're going to have Chris Harris in this game. So what's our secondary going to be look like? It's been suspect at best. You saw what Calvin Ridley did last week. There are a lot of different holes for this team. And the pass rush, obviously, is not there. You're not, I know everybody loves the sack stat, but even just from a pressure standpoint, I didn't really see much of Matt Ryan getting pressured last week. Did you? Nope. Nope. Chargers, I mean, again, Chargers aren't even getting sacks. They're in the bottom 10. They've only gotten 23 sacks. Not good. And, Jake, the thing is, you know, you always heard Chargers fans and everybody talking about, okay, the Chargers don't blitz. That's because they have a great front four and they get so much pressure. Really? When, they, when, 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 since when? <laughs> Remember early in the season, we were not blitzing. Yeah, we were getting a ton of pressures. Joy Bosa was killing it. We were in, like, top five in pressures, but the last in the league in blitz percentage. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to now, we've dropped all the way down to, I think, we're, like, 12th in hurry percentage, which isn't bad. But considering we have arguably top three pass rusher in the league, that's not good. So I don't think there's a path that either of us see unless there's a freak game by either Casey Hayward comes back to form, Nizir Adderley gets a crazy interception, Kenneth Murray balls out. Unless we get something from one of those guys, I don't see this defense being the reason why we win this game. Do you? 
I, I don't. Something has to change. But let me ask you this. You know, Derek Carr was efficient, vanilla, but efficient in the first game against us this year. Chargers on a rarity were able to create three turnovers last week. Do you foresee any of that happening against Derek Carr? Obviously, we know that they need it to happen. But realistically, do you see that type of a takeaway ratio happening again for the Chargers in this game? No, I think Derek Carr will have a vanilla game, but he will not throw three interceptions, that's for sure. He'll throw maybe one. He'll have under 200 yards passing, keeping everything in front of him. Boring game. But again, I wouldn't again. <laughs> you got me in my feelings, Jake. What's going to happen <laughs> is what's happened all season is they are just going to wait for us to beat ourselves. They don't even have to do anything. Just sit back and wait. Yeah, I can't. I can't decide if I am happy or confused right now listening to you talk because, man, you came on the air on this show just feeling completely pumped, saying 4-12 and 12 be damned. We're going to go out. We're going to take this thing 7-9. and nine, Here we come. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, oh, yeah, here's the anchor tied to my ass and I'm back on planet Earth. And here you go. And again, I can't tell if I'm happy about this, listening to you talk this way, or if I'm confused for how quickly your buzz wore off from the opening segment of this show. <laughs> so. Look, I want, I want the difference between us, Jake, I want the Chargers to win this game. I would be ecstatic if the Chargers won this game. Do I think they will? I'll say that for the end, but I... <laughs> Sneak peek, no. But I'm still going to be optimistic. I'm still going to be hopeful. But am I going to put money on that? Hell no. That a boy. That a boy. Well, let's take one more step closer to the end so we can all hear Dan's prediction. Let's take a quick break. And, of course, we will come back now with the other breakdown matchup of this game. The Chargers offense versus the Raiders defense. Don't go anywhere. Chargers Brawl podcast coming up next. I'm dropping flavor. My behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on Ice Cube because he said it gets Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Chargers Brawl Podcast. Jake Kaepner and Dan Wolk sign here with you from the Brawl Network. Time to flip the script. Chargers offense versus the Raiders defense. So this is, this is where the biggest difference is going to come in. Because we've all heard the news, specifically for the Raiders defense, after just getting torched by opposing teams, giving up an average of 38 points over their last three weeks. The Chargers fired... Their defensive coordinator. Believe that. No, the Chargers did not. You're making everybody excited. The Raiders did. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> that, that was... That was so was... mean. Oh, that's <laughs> right. It was the Raiders that did it. Uh, How... <laughs> Damn it. Oh, oh, man. Anyways, yes. The Raiders fired their defensive coordinator, promoted Rod Marinelli, who has plenty of defensive coordinator experience underneath his belt. And to me, you could look at this from one of two ways, because you look at Marinelli's recent track record that he's had during his time in Dallas. It wasn't, it wasn't so good. wasn't so pretty. That's why he was no longer there. They wanted to revamp on defense and 
Unfortunately for the Cowboys, it really hasn't gotten much better. But I think with this type of different personnel on this Raiders team, and mind you, you go back to the first game that was played earlier this year. This defense was actually able to get after us pretty damn well. How do you how do you say his name? Nick Kwiatkowski. He, he was a beast. He was their leading tacklers uh, tackler for that game on defense. Lamarcus Joyner, Jonathan Abrams. There is a lot of talented pieces on this Raiders team, and they know how to pressure as well. I don't know about that. They know how to pressure against the Chargers, but uh, against the Chargers, yeah, <laughs> against the Chargers, against but- the Chargers. Hell, I'm sure if you gave the Jets enough chances, they would figure out the way to pressure against the Chargers. They did, actually. <laughs> so this this could be an interesting change of pace for this team when it comes to the defense. And honestly, you're talking about a team that is still battling for playoff contention right now, is second in the AFC West. John Gruden made a decision that they needed to make a change. If they were going to make a good playoff push, they know how important these last three weeks are. And this could honestly just be a shot of adrenaline in the arm and put everybody on notice. I could be, I could be completely wrong on this, but it could go one or two ways of how it could work for the Raiders. It, It could literally epically collapse because you're changing coordinators on a short week. And as Anthony Lynn said, he doesn't believe that it's going to be that big of a difference, given the fact that it is such a short week. But these Raiders are playing the Chargers, and anything that can happen usually does happen. But, Jake, okay, we, we, they fired their defensive coordinator, and Chargers fans, look, our defense has not been great. The Raiders have been worse. Jake, do you know that they're giving up over 30 points a game. 30.1 points mm-hmm. per game. This Raiders defense is giving up. Yep. They're giving up over 390 yards total per game. Over 125 yards rushing. And over 260 passing. This defense is not good. Will they show up against us? Maybe. But... There's a reason their defensive coordinator got fired. They are significantly worse than us. And that's saying something. Mm-hmm. They give up 50 more yards a game than us. <laughs> like, that's bad. Look, hey, I, I'm not saying that they're all world that they're elite. But I'm just saying it's it's always a different feel when you're playing against a divisional opponent. We see it anytime that we're going up against the Chiefs, the Raiders, or the Broncos. It, it just, you know, it brings a little bit more out of you. Mm-hmm. And in this circumstance, it maybe it was a little bit of a sign of desperation for the Raiders that they knew and realized that they needed to make some sort of a change. Because, as you had mentioned, giving up that many points for the season and what they've done over the past three weeks defensively is very, very bad. I mean, hell, you saw what they did against the Raiders or the, the Falcons. <laughs> they just got absolutely obliterated by them. They were literally a Greg Williams botched defensive play call away from losing against the New York Jets. <laughs> so they give they yeah. give up 35 points against the Chiefs, 43 against the Falcons, 28 against the Jets, which that's horrible, and then 44 against the Colts. Mm-hmm. Now, why could this be a different game for the Chargers offense? Well, there is a guy named Austin Eckler that has recently made his return that did not play in this first game. Caleb Balazs, to his credit, was still able to, you know, handle a bulk of the rushing duties. Ended up having a nice little touchdown, 69 yards on 15 carries. Keenan Allen should once again feast in this game. This was one of his better games that he had on this season. Nine receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams contributed sparingly. 
don't even know if he's going to be able to make it out for to play for this game. So that's going to put more emphasis on Hunter Henry. And you're probably going to end up utilizing Austin Eckler more in the passing game, much like you did last week against the Falcons. So this should be this offense should be able to move at will against this defense. Yep. I mean, think about it. Austin Eckler, who's now our leading rusher and has played, has been out six games, which is ridiculous. Um, Keenan Allen is probably going to break a thousand yards and a hundred receptions this game, which <laughs> the fact that he's doing that with three, two games plus to spare is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter Henry is having a great season. I'm so happy for him that he's healthy. You look for Justin Herbert to kind of keep stacking. But this, I mean, you're right. This is very easily could be a game that is kind of a get-right game for this offense, for the Chargers. It's just if they can score enough points to make up for their defense. That's really what it's going to come down to, at least in my opinion. Dare I ask, should we even mention special teams? Hmm. (laughs) Should I? Uh... Yeah, let's do it. Go for it. I mean, look, you've got Hunter Renfro handling the punt returns, Jalen Richard handling the kick returns for the for the Raiders. Are you gonna trot not Nasir Adderley out there again to see if that works, piggybacking off of his good return that he had against the Falcons? Yes. I don't know. You are. It's gonna happen. He did pretty good. That was the only thing that he did good on Sunday. So I I don't think that you look at this on paper right now and you say that one clearly has an advantage over the other as far as just overall production. You'll see it on Thursday. You'll see whose special teams unit is better. I guarantee you that. But nothing jumps off the page, really as far as special teams production here when you're looking at it between these two. Well, uh, can let me show you a couple stats here for special teams for these Raiders. Um, Jake, the Oakland Raiders kicker, Daniel Carlson, mm-hmm. has gone 26 for 28, 93% field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit better than I think the 72% that Michael Badgley has. He's also 38 for 39 extra points. He's four for four from 50 plus. Must that be nice? Jeez. Think they got an advantage there? Just a little. How about in the punting and the and the return game? <laughs> I don't even want to go over this. It's so sad. Uh, the, go for it. I, I want to hear this. <laughs> The Raiders are averaging just under 20 yards per game return, 19.8 yards per return on kickoffs. So, unfortunately, the Nazir Adderley one drastically skewed this. Um, But we averaged 21.5 yards per return, and our opponents average almost 28 yards per return. Whose special teams wants to perform worse? That's how I look at it. If he honestly, if you took out Nazir Adderley, we would be well below twenty. Mm-hmm. Well below twenty. Oh man. Well, so Jake, w- ways uh, to win on offense. Ways this should be, this should be easy. Uh, don't let special teams on the field. Yeah, your your motto that's you you coined last week. Don't let special teams on the field. Um. What if the if Shane Steichen and Anthony Lynn are as committed to this run game as we have seen them over the last several weeks to keep running the football? They should be taking every note possible out of what the Indianapolis Colts just did to the Raiders on the ground. Now, the problem with that is, is that the Chargers don't have the offensive line that the Indianapolis Colts do. So do I see a replication of the production on the ground that happened last week? No. But I definitely think that this should be a heavy dose Austin Eckler game. And surprise, surprise, Keenan Allen should be going off once again. 
not a very hard formula to follow. You should be able to move the ball at will because the first time that this happened, Justin Herbert was 28 of 42 for 326 and two touchdowns. Not a bad game. I think those stats could be equally equally replicated, if not better. You know what? I don't know. I was watching before the Chargers game this past Sunday. I was watching the uh, Chiefs and the Dolphins game. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and I'm like, man, this is a fun game to watch. And then I flip on the Chargers game and our offense seems like it can't get out of its own way. And we're playing vanilla and there's no creativity. Like, I don't know about scheme. I don't know about who's going to get more targets, all that jazz. But can we have a fun offense? Can we see some play calling that is actually like, you know, creative, inventive, something that was non-predict is unpredictable. Like, I just want to see someone let loose before the 2020 season is over. Wait, so give me give me an example, Dan. Elaborate on that, if you will. You want to see something fun. So what? You want to see kind of like what the Falcons did, Russell Gage, trick play, Russell Gage ends up throwing a long touchdown bomb to Calvin Ridley. Is that the type of excitement you're looking no. for? No, no, okay, no, 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 so no, no, none of that. <laughs> I do okay. not want any of that. Because I know that there's no way in hell possible that that could happen with this team. But but go on, tell me what type of excitement you want to see. No, so when we talked about this team at the beginning of the season, we talked about what could be with the play style of a Joe Reed or of a KJ Hill. Of whether it's slot possession receiver or gimmick play. Jake, when's the last time you saw a gimmick play from Joe Reed? When's the last time you saw like a bootleg from someone like it just doesn't happen? When's the last time you saw Keenan Allen run routes that isn't just either a <laughs> either a slant in, a cut out, that's it. Mike Williams hasn't caught a bomb in a month, it seems. We haven't seen any creativity. We haven't seen any end arounds. We haven't seen reverses. We haven't seen any sort of wide receiver screen that is not absolutely blown up. Then we saw one last week, and Keenan Allen didn't have a chance because I think it was, I think Guyton didn't even touch the guy he's supposed to be blocking. There's just, there's no creativity on this offense. You watch that, you watch the, either the Falcons offense against us you watched the game without us talking about the chiefs and the in the dolphins game they were on their toes all game long and it was just so glaring to me how bleh our offense is when you mm-hmm. have a justin herbert keenan allen austin eckler hunter henry mike williams joe reed like you have the skill set to do special things I don't know what is handcuffing this team, but they got to stop. The season's almost over. Show us something. Leave it out there. You know, that was one of the things that surprised me most is because when we were talking on the show about this last week, you, you know, looking at the stats, you would have thought, given the fact that the Falcons were one of the worst pass defenses in the league, that this was going to be a, a more vintage Justin Herbert type game where it's air bombs down the field. And you really didn't see that. There wasn't much of a long game that Justin Herbert was allowed to do. It was more of check down, short passes. It was Austin Eckler's game in all reality. Even though Keenan Allen ended up breaking the receptions record, it was nine receptions for 52 yards. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that he's done on a, a number for years, basically. It was, it was pedestrian by his standards. Really, it was. So, I mean, I get it. And if you're talking about exciting that you want to see something more downfield rather than this short, predictable, vanilla game, run, run, pass, whatever you want to call it, yeah, I'm 100% with you there. But I truly believe... That since Austin Eckler has came back, not that it is a detriment to this team whatsoever because it's fantastic having him back and you see what type of option that he gives Justin Herbert in both the rushing and the receiving game. But I think it definitely, ha- it definitely handcuffs the coach's playbook 
on what they want to implement. Agreed. I agree. So. After that rant. Yeah, after that (laughs) rant. Players of the game. Let's hear it. We're one step closer to, to hearing Dan's fantastic prediction. So, players of the game. Let's hear it. We are one step closer to the edge, and I'm about to break. Yes. Shout out Lincoln Park. Um, player of the game, I'm going Keenan Allen. I think he is going to go beast mode this week. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to blow past 1,000 yards, blow past 100 receptions. I'm going to go nine receptions, 117, and a touchdown. It sounds sounds actually pretty damn good. Uh, I'm going to go Hunter. No, I'm not going to go Hunter Henry for a fourth consecutive week because of what has taken place. Um, I think especially what we saw against the Falcons, I think they're going to have this game run through Austin Eckler once again. Uh, I think with the way that the Raiders run defense has been of late, if he takes a good grasp on majority of the rushing duties, which he should, I'll give it 15 carries, about 80 yards on the ground, and he'll tack on maybe another 45 in the passing game. And it'll, and it'll be a receiving touchdown. Hmm. All right. Austin Eckler, have a game, sir. Hmm? Have a now, game. Now, my player of the game for the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> you thought you were going to get away from me like that? No way. Nelson Aguilar. Is my would be my player of the game for the Raiders. He was, he was second on the team the first go around, right behind Hunter Renfro as far as their receptions leader. I think when you're looking at the absence of Henry Ruggs, even though he was not a factor at all in the previous game, I think his stat line was absolutely zero. I think it's going to be on Nelson Aguilar to pick up that slack. And he showed that he could get behind Casey Hayward in the first game. And I think that's exactly what he's going to try to do once again this week. So Nelson Aguilar will have around, let's put it, 80, 90 yards receiving and a touchdown. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is going on the Raiders as if, like, he wasn't able to catch a ball to save his life. The Eagles fans were like, please leave. And now he's catching everything. Yep. (laughs) Amazing what a new scenery and a change of the uniform can do for a guy. Yep. All right, Jake, moment of truth. Yes, let's go. Go ahead, sir. Who's winning? This is actually more difficult to predict than I thought. It really is. I said it on the show last night. You know, was it a victory Monday? Yes. Was I really impressed? No. Not really. Given the fact of the way that the game ended up going, it it just didn't do anything that elevated my confidence that much. And now you're talking about going on the road against a team that is playing for a playoff spot, is battling second place in the AFC West, trying to get as best playoff contention as they can. And yeah, you're going to go in there and try and play the role of spoiler, which are the Chargers capable of doing? Yes, they can. But again, I'm going to say that this is going to come down to coaching. I'm going to say that this is going to come down to coaching. And just for the simple fact that John Gruden looked at his defense and saw how poor they have been the last three weeks. And he was able to make a decision and make a change to try to get things going in the opposite direction. Is it going to work? Who knows? But just for that fact alone is already a step in the right direction. And I think that the way that John Gruden came in and coached this game, coached his game against the Chargers, attacked on the ground. He knows where their weakness is. You know, he could throw out the old spider through X, Y, banana play, man, throw it down field or maybe Frankenberry three Xbox 460, man, and put up 35 points. Takes the Raiders to a victory, man. Who okay, knows? Chucky. Who knows? <laughs> but coaching is always the X factor to me. 
and you add the playoff uh, implications that the Raiders are fighting for right now, I think the Raiders are going to get back on the winning track on a short week and take the Chargers 38-35. It hurts. Man, I just got like a pit in my stomach having to say this out loud. (sighs) Well, we're here, Jake. We are here. The Chargers are going to go into this game. Don't disappoint me, Dan. Chargers are going to come in, and Justin Herbert is going to ball out. Keenan Allen's getting his 1,000, getting his 100 yards. Oh, but it's not going to be enough, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, and the pain is just going to keep on coming. Chargers are losing this game, unfortunately. 34-31. Chargers are losing. And it's not going to feel good. Does Justin Herbert become the leader in rookie pass touchdowns in this game? Yes. How many does he need? Four? I think he needs three to overtake Baker Mayfield, who currently sits with 27. Yep, it's happening. Book it. It's too bad it's going to be in a loss. Wasted. 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 You have done the complete 180, but I am very proud of you. Congratulations. Good job. Good effort. I am hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. Mm-hmm. That is really the best that you could ask of any Chargers fan in the 2020 season. If I could give a visual to Chargers fans right now, I literally just rolled over onto my back and staring up at the ceiling fan. (laughs) And this miserable just outlook of where the Chargers season is right now. It's really sad. I feel like Jack from Titanic. Wow. (laughs) Don't. Don't get frozen to a door in five minutes, please. <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad for you. Uh, it hurts, man. It hurts. Jeez. Anyways, that's going to wrap up the show today. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Of course, continue to follow the Chargers Brawl on Twitter at Chargers Brawl, myself at JT Hefner, and of course, Dan Wolkenstein at Chargers Homer. Uh, please do find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again so much for your continuous support. We really appreciate it. It's Raiders Week, Thursday Night Football. We will see you next time on the Chargers Ball Podcast. Break! Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.